Okay, welcome to season two, episode two of the Sammy Hour. Yes, we have made it to season two. Thank you for all who joined in for the commencement of uh, season two. I released that last week. Amazing episode, had my cousin on. We talked about relationships. Um, if you haven't checked that out, please go check that out. There's a lot of great info in there. And uh, But anyway, I'm here with a man slash teacher slash soccer coach, uh, Mr. Jeff Ward here. Uh, he's a man who, who doesn't need an introduction, but he's still <laughs> going to get one. Uh, I basically just gave uh, his introduction away. But Mr. Ward, welcome to season two, episode two. Hey, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just say this much. Th- this is a really cool experience because when I look back to season one, I had one teacher on and that was Mr. Montesino. Shout out to Mr. Montesino. Hope he's going to stream this episode. Monty, shout out. <laughs> yeah, I try to get all the shout outs here. And, but it's really cool. You're the second teacher on. Okay. I mean, too bad you weren't the first. Yeah. yeah Monty, really, Monty really wanted to be on for some reason. Well, you know, when I, when I listened to that episode and I realized mm-hmm. that I wasn't invited to your birthday party, <laughs> and, and he was, even though he was late. Um, yeah, I, by an hour. I, I guess I know where I stand. But hey, you know, it's just good to, to, to be here anyway. So mm-hmm. How about this? The, the one who can have the bragging rights is the one whose episode gets the most views or streams. <laughs> so, Montesino, I know you're going to be listening to this. I send you the link. You always tune in. It, the show is on. You know, it, you have no control anymore. The masses are the ones who have the control. That's true. That's so it's true. really all a popularity contest. Well, you know? the problem is, is he was early on in your career. Yes. I mean, your career had just barely started. It was just blossoming. Right I was, there. And now yeah. you're, a, you're in season two. You're a veteran. I know. It's, it's gone out. So it's, I would say it's a little unfair because, true. you know, true. you probably got more, more of a hearing now uh-huh. far and wide. Well, well who knows? I, one thing I know for sure is that life's a trip and you can't stumble too much. That's one thing I used to say in your class. Yeah, you did. You said it all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I said, I said a lot Amongst of things. Amongst other things. Amongst other things. Shout out to Jack Ritchie, me and we're always saying funny quotes. Uh, and Andrew Benz, I, that guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, hope he's doing well. But anyway, yeah. Mr. Ward, uh, just before we get into it, the topic today is actually going to be morality and how to pursue morality and live a moral life. Mm-hmm. So that's your... Uh, that's uh, how do you, how do I say it? That's kind of your ballpark, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, well, I I strive to to live a moral life, just mm-hmm. like all of us should be doing. So yes. so yeah, I wouldn't 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 say that uh, I'm an expert mm-hmm. in it by any means. But uh, well, you are uh, an ethics teacher, so you're gonna have the upper hand of the average Joe. Yes, I yeah. do get the the privilege of teaching ethics here at BCHS. That's yes, true. yes, yeah. and but in a, unfortunately, folks, we live in an immoral society. And hopefully Ward can just tell us how to live in a moral society, you know? <laughs> but uh, anyway, Mr. Ward. Yeah, we've got all the answers. <laughs> He's got all the Everything answers, Everything you need right now. Today. He's a, a, a walking, um, I don't know how to say it, but just directional book. <laughs> Or template on how to live a moral life. And I'm not saying he's Jesus at all. I'm saying he knows. Definitely he teaches not. this. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, how did you get into the teaching world and what pushed you to become a teacher? Oh, wow. That's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I would say this, that I never, when I was your age, okay. um, uh, going into your senior year, correct? Uh, correct. That, yeah, big that, man on campus. That's big man. You're going to be a big man. When I was your age, uh, the last thing that I ever would have thought I would be doing <laughs> is number one, teaching high school students. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay? And I think knowing how high school students like to give teachers a hard time. Yeah, you, like you, me. That's right. Me and Jack like, Ritchie every class that's period. That's right. That's right. You'd understand that. <laughs> um, so it was the last thing I thought I would ever be doing um, was being a teacher, much less 
teaching at a Christian high school. Right, right. And um, so even though I was raised in a Christian home, wonderful Christian parents, uh, love the Lord, mm -hmm. and raised me to love the Lord. When I was in high school, uh, a big portion of that and going on to college, I wasn't living for the Lord. Right. So I just say all that without getting into my testimony there is um, about my sophomore year in college, I um, uh, had an encounter with Christ that changed my life. Right. And um, I made a, a decision uh, because of what he was doing in me that I wanted to uh, be serious in pursuing him. Mm -hmm. And so what's interesting, that led into uh, getting involved in youth ministry and having a heart for college ministry because I was in college at that time. And so I immediately just started throwing myself into serving at the church. And then I started uh, helping out in youth ministry. And then that led into teaching a Sunday school class uh, for college ministry. Early beginning Sunday school teacher. Exactly. Mr. It was a, it was, I was a Sunday school teacher that didn't know what I was doing. And, um, but I just had a heart and a passion to want to be used. And, mm -hmm. That's kind of led me down the path of when I graduated uh, from Cal State, I had majored in liberal studies. So I thought, hey, maybe I want to be an elementary school teacher. Okay. And then I did my student teaching in first grade and fifth grade, and I realized I don't want to be an elementary school yeah, teacher. Yeah, I'm sure this past school year, you're like, wow, Jack and Sam exhibit how first and fifth graders acted. <laughs> that's so right. That's it was right. kind of back to the basics. Yeah, I thought maybe I need to go to college. Uh, <laughs> be a college professor. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I think about halfway through. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, I realized I loved working with high school kids. I had mm -hmm. a passion for that. And so I went and did my credential in, in English. Right. And uh, pursued uh, a high school English teaching career. And that's how I got started at BCHS. They hired me as an English teacher here. Okay. And How long have um, you been here? Uh, I've been here 17 years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Definitely have the seniori or seniority over most teachers. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I've been here for a while, seen a lot of great people come and go, and and uh, but I love BCHS. I love the students, and I mm -hmm. and I love what we've been doing here. So so yeah, and so what, during my time here, I uh, moved into the Bible department, and and I've been teaching the Bible department uh, off and on, a couple stints into administration, but right. teaching the Bible department off and on for about seven eight years. Okay, and before that, you were English at the school. Before right? that, I was English. Yeah, I okay. actually taught English at West High School too at one point too. Wow, Montesino, yeah. you may have some competition. Another teacher on the Sammy Hour, and also another teacher who teaches English. So, I, I, Montesino, you better be careful. This this is not a joke anymore. It's yeah. it's not, but I didn't go to um, uh, uh, meatloaf. Uh, breadloaf, breadloaf, breadloaf. <laughs> and he didn't learn. He didn't go there. Like I said in that episode, he didn't go to breadloaf school of English yeah. Yeah. to 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 learn how to bake a pizza yeah. or to make a no, cake. No, no, no. And and so I'm not Oxford trained. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give that to Monty. Yeah. He's the man. Yes, so. Monty, you can just relax and just. Listen to this episode without feeling yeah. threatened. I try not to uh, cringe at my grammatical yes. uh, errors. It's like he starts twitching as, as like, I'm uh. speaking. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so you you were born and raised in Bakersfield. Yes, I was mm -hmm. born and raised. Uh, graduated from Foothill High School. Okay. So, and how was that? I mean, I bet you it was way different than BCHS. Yeah, yeah. Foothill definitely. <laughs> it was a lot different than BCHS. Um, I loved. A foothill um, had a lot of great friends, had a lot of great teachers, uh, had a great experience there. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, a lot different, a lot different than BCHS. Mm -hmm. Okay, and as we went into went into it, folks, he is the ethics teacher here. Uh, what what do you is that do you teach any other Bible classes or is it just ethics? Um, CSI to be exact. It's yeah, CSI, ethics. contemporary yeah. social issues mm -hmm. is the class, um, and then I teach a 
uh, what we call an elective class called Engaging Culture. Yeah. And so actually what you're doing with this podcast is Engaging Culture. So I already got my electives without, with, without being you, in a school I, year. I'm going to have to have you come in and talk to the students about what you're doing because and, this is the mm-hmm. kind of thing that, that I want to and, and I can say two things about that. Yeah. I will definitely want to do that. Uh-huh. You know, I, I want to entertain the masses as yes. I tell my, yeah. as I tell my, the fans. Gotcha. And, but I also am beating the odds as we speak right now. Are you? I, I'm beating the odds because I, I basically am I'm taking a class without even knowing it. That's right. When, it, when it's summer. That's right. And, and yeah. wow, the Lord works in mysterious yeah, ways. You are engaging the culture. Mm-hmm. The yeah. youth culture. The youth culture. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Or the COVID culture. Who even knows at this point? You know, it's all of it. It's all yeah. culture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, on to the next question. Uh, could you give a clear definition on the difference between immorality, immorality? Okay. Wow. Um, so if you really wanted to answer that question, mm-hmm. you'd, we'd probably need to be here for about an hour. Right. Just like um, a quick synopsis. No, I got gotcha. <laughs> you. I got you. It's like one hour later in the SpongeBob <laughs> voice and people are like falling asleep. I and know, Monty's I like, know. waste of my time. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote an essay. <laughs> um, I would say this. Uh, you want to start with uh, this, the idea of morality. Mm-hmm. And uh, morality, uh, very succinctly, I would say, is uh, living life rightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by living life rightly is living the good life. Following God's standards, of that's course. Right. Right? That's right. And so when you break that down even further, well, what does it mean to live the good life? Yes. Um, it means that we uh, live life according to uh, 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 beliefs and practices that are right in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that's what morality is, is, is living a life that is right, that is aligned with with, with what God loves mm-hmm. and what God has uh, given to us in terms of how he's created the world, created us, and we are to align our, our lives to that. And so immorality would be yeah. anything that is the antithesis of right. so you, living the good life. Or like following life what right the world life. says is okay or that has no God influence in it. Well, it, it, even the, the world can still be doing things that are morally good. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, but uh, the reality is, is anything, any way that you live your life that would be counter to what honors God, uh, what pleases God, would be immoral. Right, right. And so even though I, I wouldn't call, uh, say that the culture is just flat out immoral, mm-hmm. I would say that um, uh, uh, the culture doesn't necessarily... Uh, a secular culture, mm-hmm. I would say, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily begin with God as its presupposition for how to right, define right. what is true, good, and beautiful. And therefore, even though they can do some good things, um, they're not actually aligning their lives with God. Right. It can yeah. still be moral, but it's not God-based and God-backed. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah, um, yeah. So perhaps one can hear this, and, and they think they're living a moral life, but, but they're not quite sure how to uh, fully engage morality and chase morality uh would you say that the the bible is the best template and guidance to find direction on how to be ethical and pursue a moral life yeah i mean i'm not ashamed to say that um uh, i I love the lord uh, because the bible tells me so Mm -hmm. um uh, the bible uh for uh for everyone Mm -hmm. really uh is the standard uh for faith and practice and we believe uh, especially as Christians, that the Bible speaks to um, and gives us the principles to speak to any and every situation in terms of ethics, morality, 
And so 2 Timothy um, uh, 3.16, it, it, it says uh, that the Bible is God-breathed mm-hmm. and it is profitable to train us in righteousness for every good work. Right. And so that includes everything from teaching to being disciplined. That's what the Bible is. And so, yeah, we really believe that in God's word, we have everything we need. I guess a, a theological term would be it's, the Bible is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, to train us in everything we need to really pursue a life that is godly and a life that is that is truly good. Right. Yeah. Now, the Bible is composed of 66 books, and when people come hearing this and saying, oh, man, I have to read all 66 books to know how to live a moral life, I'll pass. Um, <laughs> we don't want to scare the masses, of course. We're here to entertain them, and, and so they can beat the odds, of course. You know, you get one yeah. life. Uh-huh. Usually. Yeah. I, well, yeah, you get one life. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> we get one life, yeah. One long life. Yes. Yeah. One long life. Yeah, it goes by pretty fast, though. Uh, it, it does. <laughs> and what I mean by long life is we we are, we are eternal. Yes. And so we will be uh, spending eternity with with Christ, uh, but it is appointed for us in this life to die once. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. No, I, I'm happy. I we only get to live one life. I wouldn't want to. Do this twice. <laughs> it's like, oh, I remember Mr. Ward's class. I'm taking it again. I don't want to. I don't want to take his class again. No, I can't say I beat the odds a hundred yeah, times a day. I wouldn't want to teach you again either. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, back to what I was saying. I was saying there's 66 books in the Bible, and people probably you know there's, some people think, oh, I got to read all 66 books to know how to live a moral life. But is there any books that really stand in the, in the Bible that that give people uh, guidance on, on what and how to pursue morality? You because know, some so, books are historical, some books are poetry. Yeah. You know what I'm um, saying. I, I know what you're saying. And, and I'll, yeah. I'll qualify my next comment by saying this. Um, yes. Uh, part of the pursuit of ethics is we want to see what the whole Bible has to say about every principle, situation, uh, a moral command mm-hmm. from God. And then we draw from that how we, we, we live our lives. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to discredit that we shouldn't be taking the whole counsel of God's right. word. And that means, yes, all 66 books <laughs> of the Bible. Um, but if you're going to say somebody's just wanting to get into this or thinking about this, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, where they would start, then obviously I would say we start with the Gospels. Right. And um, Matthew, can, Mark, Luke, Matthew, John, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And really you want to look at the life of Christ. Right. And so for us... Um, really, what we what we really believe is that uh, learning to live the good life, a, a life that is truly moral, uh, we do that by pursuing Jesus Christ. Right. And so we are going to pursue Christ um, because he is uh, our example for how to live. Uh, we need to listen to his words in order to discern uh, what the right thing to do is. And then we also rely on his assistance right. through the power of the Holy Spirit to live. And so I would direct people to the life of Christ mm-hmm. first and foremost because he is the centerpiece of all of ethics. Right. It's him who we are striving to be like, to imitate, and it's in Christ that we live and move and have our, have our being. And so since we are all image bearers created in the image of God, um, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, mm-hmm. uh, Colossians tells us, is the image of the invisible God. And so, therefore, as the image of the invisible God, we look to Christ uh, to give us everything we need uh, in order to uh, live this life where we then reflect the uh, nature and character of the one whose image we bear. Mm-hmm. And that is Makes Christ. Sense. 
So that's that's where I would point people to is to the life of Christ. Because he was a perfect man. He he surpassed every temptation. Even when when he was fasted for forty days, he was in the desert, and then Satan offered turned rock into bread. You uh-huh. know, he uh-huh. he surpassed that. I, I don't know how he did that. Uh-huh. You know, because I don't eat for. I'm I'm a teenager. I'm growing, you know, <laughs> and if I don't eat for two hours, I freak out. I'm uh-huh, like, oh, what do uh-huh. I do? But 40 days? Yeah. And that's, that's crazy. Uh, but also, uh, in terms of morality, I'm just going to add on to that. We have to know that we have to accept Christ to be our Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, because we, we can look to the Bible. We can read the Bible all we want. And yes, we can live like Christ. But if we don't have our, if we're not saved and we don't have our hearts ready before him, mm-hmm. we're really never going to live the best life that we can. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you're, you, what you said is exactly true. I agree mm-hmm. with that one hundred percent. In fact, um, uh, we will struggle living a truly moral life. We'll actually not just struggle; we will fail and fail miserably trying to live a moral life apart from uh, our salvation in Christ Jesus. Right. And it is through um, that the power of the cross in our lives. Uh, that saving grace that we find in Jesus Christ, that then we are then changed, right? Mm-hmm. To then actually live lives that can be good. Yes. And so we as Christians believe that unless we have been um, uh, justified, uh, uh, changed, and sanctified, regenerated right, um, right. through that uh, 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 miracle of salvation, we won't even desire to want to live for God. Right. And so it's in that saving grace that we actually have the desire to want to live for Christ and want to please Him. That doesn't mean it's easy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that life not, not, is not going to have its hardships, hey, uh-huh. but it's only through His power, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, that we can actually... Um, uh, strive to live a moral life. So you're you're totally right. We need him uh, in order to live for him. So well, too bad I wasn't talking this sophisticated when I was in your class because I think that would have been bonus points after bonus <laughs> points after A plus after A plus. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I think in class you uh, you love to talk. You know, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. why you got a podcast. Yeah. Right? Shout out to uh, my auntie Hogan. She'd always be. Uh, feeling the joke, saying, oh, what are you going to say today in class, you know, before we walk into class? And I would be walking and say, what am I going to say today? What jokes am I going to say in the class to make the class laugh, but also to make Mr. Ward's job just a little bit harder? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but see, the thing is for me is I love the banter and the back and forth. I thrive on that. And so for me, it breaks down the class. Right. It's having the right amount of respect <laughs> with the joking, right? That's something I, I still got to watch the balance of, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, no. I, but for me, I love to just try to come back at you, too. Mm-hmm. So Right. You know. He would, he would uh, put me in my spot, and I would get punked a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you weren't being moral in class. Maybe that's... <laughs> respect that's, your elders. That's, that's right. That's right. Uh, but um, anyway, what I, I know it's a little bit off, top, off, off topic, but when did you graduate high school? 19... 19- 95, the year wow. of our Lord, 1995. Okay. Yes. Same year as my mom. Oh, really? Shout out to Amy Baldovinos. I know you watch every episode. All right. <laughs> 95. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Where'd she graduate from? Uh, she graduated from high school somewhere in Wisconsin. Oh, She's not, not from here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. She you just didn't... kind of threw your mom's age out there. I just want you to know that. Well, I don't I... know if, if, if 
Well, you just threw your age out there too. You know? I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. My mom looks way younger than, than her age. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, I, I don't know, get some brownie points for saying that on a podcast <laughs> where the masses can hear it. Well, hey, then she definitely looks younger than me then because oh. people tell me I look older than <laughs> Maybe me. it's the beard, you know. <laughs> Maybe it is the beard. But they say that the, a beard, um, you know, it, it keeps the skin hydrated. So less oh, wrinkles. Really? Yeah, is I did hear something is? like that. Yeah. I just do it so I don't have to shave. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's very fair um but as we're uh, we get, we're getting down to our last two questions here folks uh-huh. uh it's the fourth or fifth question but uh, th- this is going to be a pretty important question because it, people think uh i i know sometimes i have this mentality you, i work hard you, you want to make the right choices you, you want to be the best person you can but and you kind of think oh i i can mess up here you know, I, I can make this mistake and not care. In other words, I can be a little immoral, you know, because most of the time I am moral. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, is it completely worth pursuing morality, uh, even when it's a very tough choice to do? And it seems like you're, you're not going to get rewarded for it, you know, in a sense? Oh, well, um, uh, it, it all goes back to your worldview and what, right. what, why do you want to be moral, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So I would say this, um, if... If we are called to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, then what we know is that Christ um, says that our holiness is important. And uh, I would, I I mean, anything in life that's worth anything, it takes hard work to achieve it, right? I mean, um, things that are worth something have had some type of uh, uh, toil. Um, or perseverance to get to that point Mm -hmm. and so when you're when you're asking a question like should I should I be moral here because it's gonna be tough to do that is it worth it well at the end of the day um, becoming more and more like Jesus and becoming more and more conformed to the image of Christ that is uh, what our life's aim is mm-hmm. we are called to uh, love God and enjoy him forever and to allow our lives in our own distinctions and how God's made us to also uh, imitate him and become like him and so whenever we make the tough choices of uh, what we would call tough because <laughs> we're aligning our lives with Christ right right um, every time that's going to be better for us because something's happening in us we are being transformed each and every day from glory to glory and even though like Paul says even though outwardly we can be perishing we could be persecuted <laughs> yeah. we could you know it could be hard or, or this is a tough deal that I'm going through inwardly he says we're being renewed and that's how we have to look at how we're living our lives is that no matter what's going on even if the choice I make actually doesn't make me happy right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. I'm choosing to trust Christ and find my joy and my strength in Him. And it's knowing that He is doing something in me that I, I derive my, my uh, happiness from. Because that's really, that's really what it's about. So every time I would say, choose to do what God wants you to do because it's going to be worth it uh, all the time. And so it's just, it's really how you view why we're being moral. We're not, we're not trying to live moral so we can get the payoff at the end of getting the job. So I'll cheat so I can get this grade so I can get into college. No, we will make the right decision because this is what honors God. Mm -hmm. And that's what my life is about. And we're image barriers and we're made to reflect his image. That's right. Right. And to the extent that you reflect the, the image or the character or the nature of God, Mm -hmm. 
um, then that's the extent that you're going to experience a life that is truly joyful. And so the good life is the life that doesn't necessarily mean you have all the riches, all this or that. <laughs> the good life is the life that you're experiencing the truth of finding um, who you are in Christ and experiencing the fullness of joy in him because you're honoring him and you're living life according to his design, his desires, and what he loves you begin to love. Because we're never going to be perfect. We're human. We're, we're going to fail at some point. Yeah. You know, that's just yeah. how it is. You know, yeah. Adam and Eve sinned, caused a fall. So we're never going to be perfect. Yeah. But if we can uh, prepare our hearts and we can focus, uh, we can focus on our relationship with God and, and how to be the best people we can on this earth, that's the, that's the best we can do and the best we can get, you know. Yeah, yeah. We also have to look at a bigger yeah. picture too. Yeah, we are we are gonna we are gonna fall. I mean, uh, learning how to live a moral life is is one of the hard. tougher things. It takes yeah. practice. It's it's it's, you know, Scripture says that we're supposed to um, work out mm-hmm. our salvation in fear and trembling. Right. And so um, we have to study the Bible. We have to think deeply about these things. It's why you guys take an ethics class yes. so that you can wrestle with these <laughs> ideas, so that you can practice wisdom that you can uh, uh, grow in the Christian life in this way. And so I think a lot of people just kind of take life as it comes uh, when we're supposed to be looking to Christ, studying, showing ourselves approved mm-hmm. so that we will be ready um, whenever we have to give a defense for what we believe and make the right decisions and be a light into the world and all of these things that God wants to do in and through us. Yeah, you don't just want to go through life because you're going through life or rolling with the punches like Van Halen says in his song. <laughs> you want to know you're doing it for a reason, how to learn from that, mm-hmm. but most importantly, how to pursue or how to, how to work out your salvation. And the great thing about following Christ is mm-hmm. that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Yes. And so a part of pursuing holiness, especially because we, like you said, we're not perfect, mm-hmm. is we need to be... Uh, um, uh, seeking forgiveness on a daily basis. We need right, to right. be repenting of our sins. We need to be reconciling with other people because um, uh, if we've been forgiven so much, we got to right, forgive others. Then we forgive others, and so uh, the reality is, is um, uh, the it's why it's called the good fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you know we're battling, we're taking our hits, but it's a good fight because look at in the end we win. Always. In the end we win. We Always. are going to be raised with Christ mm-hmm. in the end, and so. It's Galatians 2.20, this life that we live in the flesh, we live by faith. Not by sight. Through Christ, mm-hmm. right, who strengthens us. So it's no longer we who live. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's no, that's, what, that's what Paul's saying there in Galatians. He's saying it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And so we're going to live this life in the flesh in faith uh, because of he, what he's done for us. And especially as we go through these tough times, that's, that's something that people need to hear is, it, it, yes, it's tough, you know, uh, I'm going to be honest, it, it doesn't seem like we're making much progress as a nation, you know. It, it may things were going well, then things just went downhill, and it feels like we're back to how things were in April and March. Mm-hmm. But if we can live by faith and know that uh, God's planning all this for a purpose, uh, we're going to get through it, you know what I mean? Because there, life's a bigger picture. It, there's more than meets the eye, right? There's more well, yeah. than a nine-to-five job. Yeah. There's more than this. There's more than getting a car. There's more than... God's in control. Yeah, exactly. God, God is on the throne. Uh, he hasn't left. And uh, we uh, strive to be faithful um, citizens of the kingdom uh, in this world as uh, torchbearers, lightbearers for Jesus. And um, that's what he's called us to do. And so in those areas where we can continue to um, uh, be that light, 
uh, God wants to use us. And I think pursuing a life that is truly moral helps that cause mm-hmm. because God wants to use people who are holy to be that light right. to the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very well spoken, Mr. Ward. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even think of a better response than that, so kudos to you. But uh, as we're going to move into our last question here, folks, um, it's probably you know one of the more personal ones to the audience and one of the better questions and hopefully a really good response by Mr. Ward. I, uh, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yep. Uh, are you going to beat the odds? Shout out to period three. As they know, I always used to say that. I will try to beat the odds. Yeah, you have to say to it with confidence. If, I will beat the odds. If, if Lord willing, I will <laughs> beat the odds. Yes, he will beat the odds. Um, well, here we go. Um, what is one last message or piece of advice you can leave the youth uh, with that pertains to being ethical and pursuing morality? Hmm. Wow. Um, I, I would say I would leave you guys with with this. Um, uh, develop the virtue of moral courage. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is uh, we are uh, living in times where there are so many things that are vying for your attention that are trying to draw people away yeah. from Christ. And it can be very easy to compromise, to go with the flow. Um, and so I would say, you know, uh, uh, develop moral courage to where uh, because of your, number one, your commitment uh, to your to an intimate relationship with Christ uh, through study and through prayer, um, that it's o- you're only going to be able to have that courage through that relationship with Christ and that intimacy with Him, and so develop your that virtue of courage through prayer, through consistent uh, intimacy with the Lord, uh, by trusting in Him. Uh, even when you don't understand why he's said what he said or why this is the right thing, you still choose to do it because you trust in him and trust in his ways. Mm -hmm. And then you do that with humility. And I think that if we do those things, uh, then we can truly cultivate that moral courage. And I guess I would, I would, I would leave you guys with this too. Remember this, you're not pursuing morality. Mm -hmm. You're pursuing Jesus. Mm -hmm. You're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and, and, and then all of these things will be added unto you. And right. so if you remember that it's about him and not about rules, um, uh, you'll, you'll recognize then that it's because I love him that I want to strive to live according to his will right, right. and to his ways. And so that's what I would call you to is as you fall more in love with Christ because of uh, your intimacy with him, relationship with him, studying, praying, gathering together with other believers and Christians and, and getting in the word together and holding each other accountable. This is what through his spirit is going to help cultivate that courage right. in you guys. So, right. so that's what I would leave you guys with. Well, I'll definitely say this here. You definitely be the odds on that one. You <laughs> nailed the, you, you nailed the, the, the nail right on the head and fired me up. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I hope you fired up the masses and that's probably the best way we can leave off, folks. It, yes, it's it's tough pursuing morality. It's tough. It's tough knowing that okay, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna have to pick a different choice and not follow what my friends are doing or what is cool. You're gonna have to, you know, being moral and choosing the, an ethical path is not always fun. It can be very challenging, as Ward was saying about Paul and how Paul talks about it. But if we can do that, at the end of the day, we know we're glorifying God and we're only helping. We're only living the best life that we can. As I said, we're never going to be perfect, but if we can live with absolute morality and pursue morality to its fullest, 
that that's that's one of the best things we, that we can do in this short life that we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Mm-hmm. But anyway, thank you, Mr. Warden. Thank you for being on. Um, I just want to say that was an amazing episode, uh, folks. Please stay tuned for season two. A lot of a lot of great guests uh, are are going to be on. Amazing topics are 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 gonna are gonna happen. Um, for instance, I think Assemblyman Vince Fong is going to be on for an episode. Wow, look at you. And here's this. I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try to get the mayor on for an episode. Oh, wow. I'm really going to have to work that one, but if anything's possible when you're beyond the hospital. Uh, That's one thing I like to say. I love it. I love, I <laughs> um, love it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, folks, stay tuned. Thank you, Mr. Ward. Hey, thanks, Sam, for, for having me. It was awesome being here. Yeah, and uh, that'll be it for Season 2, Episode 2, The Sammy Hour. See you next time.